calling all podcasters, musicians, vloggers, and reporters, and everyone else who wants crystal clear recording that's super portable. The Shure Motive family of microphones makes studio quality audio that's as simple as plug and play. Many of the world's top podcasters rely on Shure, and with a Motive line of iOS and USB microphones, portability is now your friend. Imagine being able to get great audio quickly and easily from your phone, tablet, or computer. Simply visit Shure.com slash Motive to start getting great audio for your content now. That's S-H-U-R-E dot com forward slash M-O-T-I-V. Cuban coffee in you. 
bad. That's the thing. I haven't had not one ounce of coffee today. Um, and you know, I don't I don't normally drink coffee every single day, but you know, especially when I know that I haven't slept so much and those such of things, it's always a good idea. Um, but <clears throat> ready to go right now, ready to get this show moving, ready to get everybody out there entertained and informed, so that we can uh, keep the hot corner rolling like we always do, man. Um, let's yes, start sir, off yes, with sir. let's start off with fantasy baseball. Let's go ahead and let's go right into our league, man. The the, the hot corner. Listener League. We had a, an awesome draft last week. Um, we did the first round here, uh, the first the first six rounds live on the air, um, and then you know we went ahead and finished finished off the air. Um, <clears throat> and let's go ahead and, and let's talk a little bit about about what went down here, uh, Manny. After the draft. Did you get to see all the different teams? Have you kind of do you see any teams that you think are better than others, or what do you think is going on right now? Yeah, I think my team is better than everybody else, pretty much. Um, yeah, I don't see anybody taking. I don't see anybody taking this other other than myself, brother. All right. Well, I like that. Um, that's the that's the way that you got to look at it. hundred percent. That's the way that you got to look at it. Um, well, let me see here. I. Um, you know, as a rookie commissioner here, um, I'll go ahead and I'll admit it. It looks like I overlooked something and I messed up. And right now our league is, is a weekly league. And we got to see if we can get that changed somehow with Yahoo because I've never actually done a weekly league before. It may be kind of fun, um, you know, because you have to look at two-start pitchers, all that kind of stuff. Um, but that that being said, I mean, who knows um, how it's going to turn out. It's definitely different. I mean, in my weekly lineup, I left out uh, Jake Arrieta, who got me 27 points today already. So that's 27 points on my bench that if we were in a weekly league, I would have had against you there, Mr. Manny. Um, so be happy. Don't worry about it, man. We're we're only about 7.43 seven, uh, uh, points away, I guess, from each other. You're up uh, about 7 points. But uh, I'm right there, man. I'm right there. We still got a lot of baseball to go, number one, this week. We still got a lot of baseball to go during the whole season. But, um, man, look at look at Maiden Dade. Maiden Dade is 100, has 149 points already. Yeah, that's uh, Dyrone's team, I think, if I'm not, if I'm not uh, incorrect. Um, but his team has been doing very well right now. Um, let's take a look at some of his performers here. Let's go ahead and let's take a look at the matchup versus Albert's team. Funnily enough, Albert actually has one of the least amount of points out of everybody. Um, and so Maiden Dade has uh, the most. So his Pedroia has been doing very well with him. He has like, two home runs the first night. Adrian Gonzalez oh, also. Yeah. Adrian Gonzalez is probably the number one player in in the majors right now. Um, then he had Johnny Cueto who threw those 10 Ks. Uh, with no earned runs. He didn't get the win, which would have been even more points, but he got him 27. And then he's had a couple pretty solid starts um, from all the rest of his pitchers, and uh, Neftali Feliz got him a, a little save in there also. Um, so he's had, he's had some, some, pretty good, uh, some pretty good guys here. So um, his team looks like they're off to a good start. Uh, we'll see what we got. He's, he's got Kimbrell. As well, so he's got a lot of relievers there. So I like what he's doing. He's got four relievers in the game with Kimbrel, with Holland, with Feliz, and with uh, Hector Rondon. 
So uh, we'll see how that plays out with him. It looks like he's going heavy with the uh, with the relief pitching, which in a weekly league may actually be a pretty good idea. So we'll see how he does moving forward, and we'll analyze that kind of strategy if we can't change it back up to a daily league. Um, I don't see the bail bond is also doing pretty good right now. They also have uh, in the 140s. Corey Dickerson has been going off. Choice of Lewiski, all those games in uh, all those Colorado teams so far have our players have been just lighting up the scoreboard. Um, you know, see Phil Hughes did pretty well for him. Liriano did pretty well for him. Everybody, all those pitchers are scoring in the team. Uh, he's in a little bit of trouble because he's now got two relief pitchers on the DL. Joe Nathan just went down. Um, and then he's got Jake McGee and Sean Doolittle. So he's got three closers on his team, all of, or four, three or four closers on his team because he also has Trevor Rosenthal, excuse me, um, three or four on the DL. So he's going to have to make a couple moves. And one thing that I like about this league, Manny, too, is that we actually have six players, six players that, that we can put in. Um, so there's six people that we can uh, pick up every single week. Um, so right now, if we look at adding some of the players out there, take a look at some of the free agents that are out there right now. Looks like Jason Kipnis got dropped. Looks like Jason Worth, Alex Rios, and Coco Crisp all got dropped. Uh, but if we go right now to the, to the best-ranked player that's on the waiver wire, as far as hitters go, it's actually Alex Rios, who was actually just dropped um, as well, too. But he started off the first day doing very, very well. Um, Jake Lamb is the number two ranked player, but he actually has the most points out of everybody. He's the third baseman over there in Arizona. He's got that home run. He's got seven RBIs. I think he might be leading the majors right now in RBIs. But, Manny, if I ask you who is the number one player in fantasy right now, who would you say it would be? Uh, Probably uh, Dustin Pedroia. Well, Dustin Pedroia is actually ranked 11th right now, so that's close. Um, but believe it or not, I actually told you earlier, without knowing what the rankings were, I actually mentioned it. Adrian Gonzalez is the number one player right oh. now as far as batters go. Now, as far as pitchers go, who do you think is the number one pitcher so far? All the aces have gone. So, you know, who do you think uh, is the number yeah. one ranked pitcher? Huh. What about uh, Lester, man? Lester had a good outing. Well, not that good. Um, he is not here in these top ranks. I'm not seeing him here. Um, but right now, the number one ranked pitcher, or, or the, actually he's ranked number five overall, but the highest ranking pitcher, pitcher out of anybody is actually Sonny Gray, um, who just happens to be on my team. Um, so the second ranked pitcher, is not owned. So, Manny, you might want to go out there and pick up Clay Buckholz. What do you think about that? Sounds like a plan, Dr. Ray. I'm going to look into it right as we speak right now. There you go. And, and in addition to that, um, we also have C.J. Wilson out there, um, <clears throat> who is a, a pretty good eat, inning, inning eater, man. C.J. Wilson has thrown 200 innings, I think, pretty much like every year since he got started. So, you know, I think he's going to be a good guy to own as well, too. Um, so that's a guy that I might look at getting that getting out there. I might look at getting off the waiver wire if he needs some help pitching. Uh, these are the kind of guys that you want to look for, guys hey, that have kind of lost their appeal. Uh, C.J. Wilson was a, was a pretty high pick a few years ago, but 
Uh, he's kind of dropped in value ever since then after a couple of mediocre seasons. But he's a guy that when he puts it all together, he can definitely pitch well. Hey, Dr. Ray, what do you think about dropping Ryu from the Dodgers? He's in the uh, on the DL right now, as well as Bailey from Cincinnati and Smiley from Tampa Bay. They're all on the DL. They're my pitchers. Uh, who should I drop for Buckholtz? Well, I think that you actually have the ability to put these guys onto the DL. See if when you go to editing your lineup, you can actually put one of these guys onto the DL, and that will actually free up a roster spot for you. And so you don't necessarily have to drop them, but you can just place them on the de- on the disabled list on your fantasy squad, so you can keep them, and you can you can go ahead and pick somebody else up as well too. But out of those three, oh my, we're gonna. Out of those three, that's that's kind of tough. Um, <clears throat> Ryu doesn't really have a timetable for his comeback, and it's a shoulder injury. Um, Homer Bailey had a tear in his flexor tendon, which is never a good thing, um, but he does look like he's on the way back, barring any setbacks. So he's probably the closest. Uh, maybe Drew Smiley's a little bit closer. Those two guys, I'd say, are the closest to, to uh, coming back. Both of their timetables are expected at the end of April. Um, you know, the tendonitis that he has is probably the least menacing out of all the injuries. So the order that I would drop or keep in better would be, number one, I would keep Drew Smiley, lefty with some pretty good strikeout potential. Number two, Homer Bailey, still in a perfect game. So, you know, he definitely has the talent, and he just put it all together. But that flexor strain and tear is kind of scary. And then finally, Hunjin Ryu, who is, you know, uh, on the latter side of his career, as well as, you know, not really, not really a timetable for him to come back. So, one of those things where because it's there's less information and less of a timetable, if you have to do a drop, I would be looking at Hunjin Ryu dropping on your side there, maybe. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do right now. Also, is that you that dropped Kipnis and Rios, huh? Yeah, man, I'm thinking I made a mistake. What do you think? Uh, you know, Kipnis could probably deliver some late-round value. He's a guy that if he's doing well, he could he do well. Alex Rios, if he didn't have a thumb injury, I think he would he'd be a great play as well, too. He's got a power-speed combo. He hits for average as well, too. Um, you know, he's playing for Kansas City now. It's a little bit of a change of scenery. Sometimes that's good for guys. Sometimes it's bad for guys, you never know. But um, either way, I think that Rios is, is a pretty good player. He should be rostered. But truth is, you, you kind of have a, a crowded outfield. I mean, you got Stanton, you got Tweed, you got Cespedes, you got Bruce. I mean, there isn't really much room for exactly. him on your team, quite honestly. Um, you know, so you, you got a lot of hitters. You may want to use those hitters, maybe put a package together, try to see if you can make a trade and. You know, there's these these guys out on the waivers that you can pick up when they're when they're in need. But you got a lot of pitchers on the DL right now, and three of them are taking up starting spots, and you only have one on the bench. So you definitely need to make a move here. Um, you've got too much pitching and not enough anything else. Uh, or excuse me, you got too much hitting and not enough pitching. You don't have you have two relief pitchers, and uh, well, I'm sorry, you have three relief pitchers, and you only have two starters right now. Um, in your lineup because of the fact that everybody else is benched um, and on the DL. So 
you definitely have to make some roster moves here, Manny. Otherwise, I hate to say it, my man, but you're definitely going to lose this week against a pretty strong Dr. Ray team. <laughs> we'll see, man. I'm waiting for some waivers to come through. I, I I did a couple of changes here and there, but yeah, I gotta I gotta change up my lineup, man. But man, now I I see we gotta wait until next week to change the lineup. We gotta change that that um that lineup changer to to uh, daily, man. I think you might be right. I think we I think we do have to do that. Um, I'm not really liking that too much either myself here. <clears throat> Um, I got a lot of guys on the bench that that are not not getting into play. I got guys that just got injured that now you know can't play either. So you know, there's definitely a lot here that that needs to get needs to get changed up a little bit, my man. But uh, let me see. <clears throat> Did they give us any drafts? Uh, any type of draft grades or anything? Did you remember seeing anything like that at all, Manny? No man, and I was looking for it. I, I really um I'm not too familiar with this, Doctor Ray. You're the resident expert in, in fantasy world, so um I really have I have no idea, man. This is all in Japanese to me. All Japanese, oh well, that's no good. Um alrighty, well let me see here. I don't I don't really remember seeing any I know somebody dropped Alex Cobb, I think, and I was trying to pick him up, but Somebody beat me to that to that uh, waiver request. But let's take a look at some of the the ads and drops that we've seen here. Uh, Jason Wirtz was dropped. He, he landed on the DL. So Albert went ahead and picked up Lorenzo Cain. Uh, we have Kelly Jansen was dropped. He's a closer for L.A., probably one of the best closers in the game, but injured right now. So he is uh, on, the, on the free agency wire now. And Sergio Roma got picked up two moves by... Albert's team, and then Brandon picked up Alex Cobb, so he put in the waiver. He beat me out on that waiver there. Um, so that was by Brandon from B-Man 18, so he picked up Cobb, and then we've got Kipnis that was dropped by you for Stephen Vogt from uh, from Oakland, who qualifies at three positions, which is actually really good. Uh, you can plug him in at catcher, first base, or outfield, so he does give you some pretty good roster flexibility. And then you went ahead and picked up the number yes, one sir, starter, yes, Buck, sir. which was Clay Buckholz, and you dropped Hunge in Ryu. So you're you're already listening. Uh, Maiden Date is going to be mad that I'm giving you advice here live on the air. But all I have to say to that is, if you want advice live on the air, all you got to do is call in. It's not just for Manny; it's for anybody out there that's listening. If you got a fantasy team, you have a question about who to sit, who to start, who might have a better year, about an injury. Anything like that that's going on, <clears throat> I may not be right, but I'll at least give you an opinion, and um, you know you can use that to, to make your own your own decision. Um, it's pretty funny because I, I listen. I actually listen to some fantasy radio, uh, fantasy sports talk radio, and you know every once in a while I'll tweet one of the guys and I'll say, hey, you know what should I do here in this situation? And every time I take their advice, I should have done the opposite. And normally they tell me to do something <laughs> that that I would have done the opposite way. So maybe call in and do the opposite of whatever it is that I tell you um, and see how that works out. That's another strategy. Um, but anyway, just just some fun right there because uh, that does happen to me every once in a while. I'll say, hey, do I start this guy, this guy, or this guy? 
I got to make this trade, that trade, or that trade, and, you know, that's where we end up. So, anyway, I've got a, a predicament of my own here. Um, and you guys remember, I think, from a couple week, a couple weeks back um, where I told you that I had a fantasy draft, and my team actually got <clears throat> my team actually got auto drafted, and it left me with oh man, probably one of the worst teams I've ever seen. Um, just no kind of I mean I, I've got all hitting, and I've got no I've got no ability for anything else. Um, I mean all my pitchers are just just disgraceful pitchers right now at this point. I mean it's it's really no good. So I don't know, you know, what to do in this case because all the hitters that I have on the bench, if I drop them, they're going to get picked up right away. They're 100% owned. And that means to me that I need to make a trade with somebody. The problem is is that I'm trying to trade guys in my league, and I, I told them, listen, I had Mike Trout. I got the first pick, which is actually really good because that way I can kind of do a two-for-one trade. But nobody in the league right now wants to be fair at all. You know, I said, hey, I'll do a two-for-one offer me trades from Mike Trout, this and that. So, you know, I get a trade offer from Mike Trout. Michael Pineda from Mike Trout, straight up. I mean, Pineda was probably like a 15th, 16th round draft pick. How are you going to offer a 15th, 16th round draft pick for the first overall pick? Not even a first rounder, but the un, pretty much number one consensus overall pick, Mike Trout. I mean, you know, so people in the league are definitely being greedy, uh, knowing that I want to try to try to sell as fast as possible. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to just drop these guys. I'm probably going to take a loss here for the first week of the season, but I'm going to wait for some injuries to happen. There's already some injuries happening, you know, and from there I'm going to go ahead and, and see what and see what guys are going to need, and then they're going to be kind of forced into into making some, some plays here, and that's really what, I, what I'm kind of hoping for uh, is that an injury will happen, and then from there, you know, I go ahead and, and come in, and, and that's where I make the play on these guys. So, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, but I definitely have to make some moves. That is for sure. Um, do you remember this team that I'm telling you about at all, Manny? Yeah, the uh, the terrible team. Yeah, I totally remember. The terrible team. Well, let me go through it with you real quick. Let me ask you, Manny, if, if, you, had, if you had this team – what would you, what would you do here? All right, <clears throat> at catcher I've got Russell Martin, who middle of the pack, That's not bad, not really there, not bad. First base I've got Chris Davis, who big power, very streaky hitter. When he's on a streak, he's good. When he's not, he's horrible. Um, no, definitely not my choice. I don't have him in any, in any other league, and I wouldn't have him in any other league if it was my choice. Um, at second base I've got Colton Wong and. Uh, Chase Utley. Then I've got okay. at shortstop, I've got Eric Ibar from L.A. Again, middle of the pack guy. Um, L.A. lineup is getting pretty good, so he could score some runs. As long as he gets on base, you know, he could be productive. Um, Adrian Beltre at third base. And also Matt Carpenter at third base. So I've got two pretty good options at third base, two guys that I like. But I'm thinking Adrian Beltre could be a good trade piece, you know, a good name. Uh, maybe a guy who maybe this is the first year that he starts to really decline. Who knows? But it's still early, so maybe I can get by on his name still. Um, that's kind of one of the ways that I like to like to kind of think about this stuff. And then uh, moving forward, then in the outfield, and this is where I really have a problem. I have a log jam here in the outfield. 
I've got Mike Trout. I've got Adam Jones. I've got Cole Calhoun. I've got Billy Hamilton. I've got Jay Bruce. I've got Mookie Betts all in my outfield. And then I have David Ortiz as a DH. Um, who, who, the only place I can put him is at utility. So, you know, I mean. Well, you know what time it is, right, Dr. Ray? What time is it, man? It's wheeling and dealing time, brother. It's time to start trading. It's time to start trading. Well, I have definitely been offering some trades. Um, I've been offering trades like crazy, and they've all just been getting shut down. I'm offering three guys for one. So far, I've offered Adam Jones, Cole <laughs> Calhoun, and Jay Bruce, all for James Shields, and I got turned down. I've offered Mookie Betts, wow. Jay Bruce, and Adam Jones for uh, Corey Kluber, and I got turned down. So, I mean, these guys are really holding on to these pitchers in their league, and I'm stuck here with my pitchers are – Julio how many te- how many players are in that league? It's a twelve team league, so there's a lot of there's a oh. lot of uh, players. A lot of players. Yeah, man, that's so, the problem. Yeah, and you know my pitching is just man, I'm uh, I'm just impressed about it. Julio Tehran and Gary hey, Dr. Cole Ray, but league. um, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, man, I'm I'm watching here the Marlins game, and it's kind of sad, man. This is just the third game of the season, and the seats are completely empty, man, completely empty, man. And Giancarlo Stanton, my first-round draft pick, just struck out. (laughs) (laughs) Man, talk about a depression right there. (laughs) Yeah, that's Yeah, man, Um, for real. I mean, he walked three times last night. Um, unfortunately, yep. Michael Morris behind him is going to really start to have to come through a little bit and, and offer some protection there in the lineup because uh, I don't think he's going to get much of it right now at this point. Whoa, there we go. We got a we got a text, a tweet, or a call. Manny, what do we have here? Actually, yeah, it's a uh, a message coming in on Facebook, and I think it's directed more towards ISPS. Um, and I guess I could answer this question. Uh, they want to know, when are we getting our world championship rings? Um, I don't know if you've been, if you've been following us, Dr. Ray, about the ring situation. We had a, um, we had a former ring manufacturer that had given us a set rate. And, um, for the past couple of years, we've been using them, uh, and then all of a sudden, this past World Championships and and uh, and forward, um, they decided to completely uh, change their their prices. And I'm not talking uh, just a couple bucks; I'm talking about a, a substantial difference. So this just caught us off guard. It caught us. Uh, out of the blue, it it, um, it really messed up our budgets for our tournaments, and we're trying to stay within the budgets that we've always been hosting those big ring tournaments at. So we're trying to we we did we we found uh, we went out we started looking for other ring manufacturers and we finally found some, um, but they are um, they are delay delaying. It's a, it's a lot of rings they have. Uh, their own back orders, uh, plus all the back order rings that we have, um, 
And I'm not talking about just uh, a couple couple rings. I'm talking about dozens and dozens of rings um, that have been on delay. But everything is is been placed. Everything's in order. Uh, you will get your your world championship ring. So uh, do not worry. Do not worry. Everything is fine. Uh, we will never forget our world champions. Uh, it's just that, and I'm not going to mention any uh, ring manufacturers' names. I, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus or anything. But they just uh, they just caught us off guard. They just totally caught us off guard with with the budget change, and and we just couldn't we couldn't afford the the new rates that they were uh, giving us. Uh, after all these, it's been like two or three years that we've been using them. Um, and it was just too late to change the um change the budget for those tournaments so uh we decided after the fact to find find a new ring manufacturer and and just continue to move on but you will get your rings guys don't worry i i receive emails and text messages from all different teams all all every day don't do not worry about it guys you will get your rings sorry about that dr ray that was a a quick little uh sidetrack there no, that's okay. Um, you know what? I really want to get one of those rings. Tell me, when is how do we get a, an IFPS ring? How do you earn one of those? And also, um, you know, what what tournaments are are coming up where those will be made available? Well, our ring tournaments are usually um, like our state tournaments, um, Winter Worlds. And and of course the world championship, which is which is our biggest ring. I, I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners have seen the ring out there on social media. Um, so just continue. I, I believe, well, the Winter Worlds was in January, so you just missed that. But uh, I believe July is our state championships. So there you'll be able to win some state champion rings. And then uh, in November is the big one, the big kahuna. Um, and it's in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida at the uh, Mills Pond Softball Complex, November, I believe it's November 7th weekend. Uh, that will be our world championships. And also for the the international uh, players, uh, all of our national tournaments, like in Puerto Rico and Bahamas, um, Mexico, Dominican Republic, those are all ring tournaments as well. Um, so if you travel to those tournaments, or if you're one of the local tournament uh, teams from that from those nations, uh, you'll have a chance to win some hardware, take it home. Well, that sounds pretty good to me. I want to win some hardware, my man. I want to try to get in one of those tournaments here. Um, who is? Let me see. Does John John Fisher normally put the team together for that, right? Yeah, I believe John Fisher, um, Bad Karma, which I, I, I always tell him, you got to change that name, man. You're not going to win with a team name called Bad Karma, man. You're just asking for, for Bad Karma, pretty much. Um, so I, I believe he puts in a team every world championship. Or I believe he's going to participate in states. Yeah, man, that's that's totally true. John Fisher from uh, Fisher Law Firm, the official law firm of ISPS. All right, I'm going to have to get with him then and see what we can do about getting a team on, getting some stuff going here. I want to get one of those rings, man. I want 
<clears throat> I want to go ahead and, and get some of that ISPS hardware. Tell you what else I want to get, one of those ISPS compression sleeves, man. Tell me about those. Oh, my God, Dr. Ray. It's um, They've been flying off the shelves, man. We just, uh, we just, as a matter of fact, we shot the, um, we shot some of the pictures yesterday with an arm model down here in, uh, in Coral Gables, Florida. And, uh, we released the pictures today and I believe we've already sold about 29 pairs in, in just a few hours, man. And, um, a lot of our listeners from California, I've been buying them, and uh, for some reason, the blacks and the all blacks, the all whites, the USA, and the Mexico. The Mexico has actually been one of our top sales uh, in just a few hours, man. But uh, pretty, pretty amazing, man. In just a few hours, twenty-nine pairs have have gone out, and I'm sure a few more after. Um, you know, I last saw it around five o'clock. So I don't know if any other orders have come in, but um, 29 pairs, that's pretty cool, man. And uh, you'll see it on our on our shop at uh, ispssoftball.com right there. You can see our compression sleeves. We have um... – man, Dr. Ray, what we did is we um, we pretty much just decided to, to do the, the countries where we're going to be at this year to host a national tournament like in Puerto Rico and Mexico – um, actually, I lie. We actually did a, a Cuban one also because of the Cuban American community down here in South Florida. But um, that's what we did. And um, as a matter of fact, we've been getting a lot of messages, a lot of um, emails asking for other countries, um, in particularly the um, the Virgin Islands. Um, the Virgin Islands got a, a, a few requests. Um, England, um, you know, the Philippines, uh, a bunch of different requests for a bunch of different Honduras, um, Panama, Canada, um, and all these, we're going to make some more. We got to design them with our design team. So uh, give us a few days, guys. You know, I know that we work, we work really fast, but, um, we we just didn't expect such a such a high demand for these compression sleeves and and and, and Dr. Ray, thank you for bringing them up. Can you can you explain to our listeners what a compression sleeve does and and how does it help you train? Because I know I know that a lot of athletes use it. Um, what does it do to your muscles and 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 all that stuff when, when you're when you're actually training and, and playing out there? That's right. Um, well, a compression sleeve actually has a very good way of helping keep your muscle warmer for longer. Um, the compression, it, some people think that, oh, man, you know, if I'm squeezing something, it's going to decrease blood flow. But what it does is because it's tight on your skin, every time you're moving, it's actually creating a very small amount of friction. So it's stimulating blood flow uh, to the skin. And so it does help with blood flow um, and it also helps to keep your muscle warmer with, and for longer, which is important because in softball it's stop, go, stop, go, warm up, warm down, warm up, cool down, this and that, and you end up, you know, you know, uh, creating more chances for muscular injury. So they kind of help to uh, keep the muscle, you know, under some pressure, under some tension, and it helps out with that. 
Um, so they help kind of reduce injury a little bit. I'm not sure if there's any studies on it, but I think in principle, to me, it makes sense that they would help to reduce injury um, for sure. So I would I would recommend them. Um, I know I want to get one as soon as you get those Peruvian ones made. Um, so let me know about that, <laughs> and, uh, and I'll go ahead and I'll place that order in right there, man. I wonder. I wonder if they actually play uh, slow pitch softball in Peru. Do you know, Doctor Ray? As a matter of fact, they do not. They do not. That's a that's a soccer country, correct? Yeah, it's all soccer. I mean, literally everything is soccer. I saw basketball hoops over there, but there was no no netting or or anything like that. It was just soccer goals underneath. Um, so literally, there's basketball, but it's all converted to soccer. I asked, uh, you know, is there any baseball, is there any softball fields, any baseball fields? Completely no mention of it. Um, you know, none of that going on. So, I bet. Yeah, that's how it is in some of these uh, South uh, South South America countries. Um, very, very rare. Uh, you'll see them in Venezuela a lot, uh, Mexico, um, and it's because. It's because of the um, it's it's actually because of our our country, United States. Uh, back in the days when they um, they would send the oil companies from from North America over to like Venezuela and stuff. The workers uh, on their time off, they would um, they would play baseball out there in the fields, and the uh, you know the people from Venezuela or, or you know, the people around, they would watch them play and they would start playing and uh, the Americans would teach them how to play. And um, it's it's just in certain countries where you actually see baseball and softball played, man. And and I I had no idea about that until I actually went to the, um, to the Venezuelan Hall of Fame when I was over there. Um, and I learned about that in one of their, one of their uh, displays, man. Very interesting that, the oil companies and and oil had had uh, some influence in in baseball, in uh, in those countries. Yeah, it's um, it was crazy to me. You know, I mean, every, you drive around here and all the time you see baseball diamonds and softball fields and you know all that's all over the place. And then I remember driving around in Peru and looking for it and you know looking for that that orange clay and I didn't see it anywhere. Um, so it was kind of crazy to see for sure. And I'm sure that there's a lot of countries like that. And I think that that, that may be one of the reasons why, uh, you know, baseball kind of fell out of favor with the Olympics and with all that as well, too. Um, simply because it's just not played around the world like a lot of those other, like a lot of those other sports and, and athletic activities are, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying that javelin is particularly, you know, a, uh, a world-renowned or a world-played sport or anything like that, because I can't think of any type of javelin leagues or anything like that. Um, but anyway, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, I think that, that that might actually be one of the reasons why baseball was taken out of the Olympics, which I was actually pretty upset about. Um, but I, I think it may just be of because there's a lot of companies, a lot of countries out there that just don't play it uh, like we do. You know, it is America's pastime uh, for sure, and I guess it oh. just hasn't caught on everywhere else around the world. Here's my here's my theory, my conspiracy theory on that. I think they're going to bring it back uh, for the 2020s Olympics just because um, it's in Japan. And Japan is a very um, – they play baseball a lot. So I think they're going to bring it 
bring it back um, just because of that. What's what's your opinion on that, Dr. Ray? Bring it back baseball in the Olympics and the 2020 Japan Olympics. I mean, I sure hope they do. I mean, I really hope that they do. I hope they bring it back even sooner than that. Um, uh, well, actually, there is no sooner than that. What, 2016 is, is the next Olympics? When is the um, next Olympics? Yeah, I'm completely out of touch with that. I believe it's 2016. You're correct, yeah. But I, I don't think it's on the ballot. It's already it's already too late for that. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Um, it, it may be... Um, it may be in 2020. I hope that it is for 2020. That would be awesome. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing baseball back in the Olympics again. But uh, anyway, why don't we go ahead and while we're still on baseball, talk about the little challenge that you and I had. Uh, we each picked our opening day uh, kind of pick them here to see who was going to win the most matchups. Do you have that uh, information with you, Manny, so we can see uh, how we did on those opening day predictions? Yes, sir, uh, Dr. Ray. And, um, you know, I, I really, I went through this. I, I really just paid attention to the, to the team, to the games that we, uh, that we did not pick the same, uh, winner. And, um, believe it or not, Dr. Ray, uh, we are actually split down the middle, Dr. Ray. We both uh, won two games out of the ones that we did not pick the same um, the same winner. Uh, so, what do you think about that? I guess nobody has to uh, nobody has to wear the other's uh, favorite team's uh, gear. Uh, there's got to be some kind of a tiebreaker. We got to do some kind of a tiebreaker. Um, what would be what would be that? Well, we we got to figure something out, man. This we do. Um, Let's see, maybe we should do a – well, why don't we do this? Whoever wins our matchup this week since we just happen to be playing each other. That's right. So We could do that, Dr. Ray. That's a perfect idea. All right, perfect. So the tiebreaker has been relegated to whoever wins the matchup between you and I this week for the first week to open up the season. And, again, the loser has to wear the other team's colors. So for me, that would be UM, and for you, that would be FSU. And when and where do we have to wear these, Manny? Is that to the FSU game, the FSU-Miami game on that day? Is that when we have to wear these things, or, or how is it going to work here? Um, man, I don't know. Maybe we should um, – when do they play? Don't they play uh, baseball coming up, uh, FSU and UM? Don't they play down here at the uh, Alex Rodriguez Park at Mark Light Stadium? Which, let me tell you something, Dr. Ray. I don't know if you've been there lately, uh, but I was just there a couple of days ago with my family on my birthday, actually. On Saturday, I was there, uh, which we saw UM versus Duke. Um, man, what what a nice renovation they have done to that park, man. Um, you know, I, I, I really don't... Um, don't like to support Alex Rodriguez anymore. I really, uh, you know, I stay away from from talking about that guy. But man, that that money that he gave to the University of Miami really went to some nice um, nice use there at the at the stadium. And it looks it looks kind of like a little minor league stadium, if you ask me, man. Well, <clears throat> let me see here. They actually. Just they they actually just played against Florida State, but up in Tallahassee, 
um, on last Friday. All right. Um, and then let me see here. When is the next time? We should have a home game. We should have a Florida State home game here coming up again. Oh, Saturday, April 18th. Um, so the 18th at 3 p.m. on Saturday is the next time. So actually uh, in a couple weeks, uh, next weekend, I believe it's going to be. So, yeah, I think that that sounds good. That's perfect timing. And, of course, we're going to have to tweet out that picture. Um, and we're going to have to say, <laughs> you know, we're going to have oh, to say Lord. go other teams. So we'll get on Instagram oh, and on all the social media stuff and we'll make it happen. And, you know, we, we're about our word here on the Hot Corner, so we'll make sure we'll get that all out uh, to you guys and you guys can check us out on Instagram. You, you'll be able to see Manny wearing Florida State colors. Um, no, I mean, no, no. You're going to see Dr. Ray wearing UM colors. <laughs> all right, my man. Well, I got a seven-point lead right now, so we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, anyway... Let's um let's go ahead and move on to our health topic um of the night while we have a little bit of time and we've got about fifteen minutes here left on the show. So let's go ahead and let's talk about this health topic. Um we've gotten through the fantasy baseball, uh, we've talked about opening day. Um uh, now I wanna get into BMR versus BMI, why it's important for you. And last week we talked a lot about weight loss and how weight loss is really a an equation. Calories coming in versus calories going out. So, again, calories going out happen in a couple ways. Exercise is one of them, and that's why exercise is important in weight loss. But actually, the, the largest amount of calories that are expended or burnt every day come from your body's regular um basically from your body's regular metabolic processes just to keep you alive. So <clears throat> this is called basal metabolic rate, or the base rate of your metabolism. And this is calculated <clears throat> with a special formula. It's called the BMR formula. So I'm going to give you guys the formula here if you want to do this at home. All right, now, it's really important because you have to do, if you remember order of operations in math, Manny, do you remember that? Dr. Ray, come on, man. I, I <laughs> no, I do not. I do not remember order of operation, Dr. Ray, from high from high school. <laughs> All right. So, so order of operations is, is if you guys remember, it's it's parentheses come before anything else. All right. So there's some parentheses here. So when we're doing this equation, the things that you need are your height, your age, and your weight. And you're going to plug this into your equation. So your basal metabolic rate. So we'll do Manny's as an example, and we'll do mine as an example, so that we can we can get a little bit of a difference here. So for for men, the basal metabolic rate is going to be the number 66, in addition to, and now parentheses, 6.23 times your weight in pounds. Close parentheses. Then you're going to add that up to in parentheses, 12.7 times the height in inches, close parentheses, and then you're going to subtract that number by 6.8 times your years. So, Manny, let's plug oh, your Lordy. equation in. All right? So, Manny, how much do you weigh right now? 185. 
All right, so we're going to do 6.23 times 185, all right? And how much do you how, – how tall are you, Manny? 5'10", sir. All right, so 5'10 is going to be 72 inches, correct? Uh, I guess so, Dr. Ray. I don't know. That's uh, 5 times 12. What's that, 60 plus another 10? That's 70 inches. So 70 inches. All right, so you're 70 inches tall, okay? And then we're going to subtract that by 6.8 times your age. So how old are you, Manny? I just turned a whopping 34. Okay, so let's go ahead and do this. So 6.23 times 185 is... 1,152.6. Then 120, uh, or excuse me, 12.7 times 70 is 889. And then we're going to add those two. So that's going to be 1,152.6 plus 889 equals... 2,041.6, and then we, we need to subtract 6.8 times 34, and that is 231.2. So minus 231.2, 2,041.6 minus 231.2 equals 1,180.4. And then plus the original 66, Manny, your basal metabolic rate is about 18, 1,876 calories per day. So this means just to keep you alive, your body is going to burn about 1,800 calories a day, almost 1,900 calories every single day. So that means that if you well, were, bad. that's not bad at all. So if you were to do a if you were to do basically a 2000 calorie diet all right you might actually find yourself probably losing some weight yeah right, because, because i go running that, i do i do other activities and stuff like that correct exactly because you walk around because you do different things like that you would definitely be burning more calories so 100% you would be able to with a 2000 calorie diet be able to start to lose some weight so now that you know your BMR, that's a great way for you to be able to plan how many calories you should be eating per day and all that kind of stuff. So what do you think about that? And that's great information. Now I got to figure out how do I figure out what how many calories my food has. Aha! Uh -huh. So this is a whole another battle right here, my man. We might have to do a whole another show based on that. But calorie tracking is something that has actually been made. <laughs> a lot easier now because of the different applications that are out there on the market. Um, so you can actually scan food or scan something on the side of the box. If you look at the nutritional information on the side of the box that you're eating, it'll actually probably even tell you for your serving size what the amount of calories that you're taking in are going to be. So No, 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 but Dr. Ray, Dr. Ray, excuse me, and I'm sorry, but at my house, 
we don't we don't eat out of boxes, man. Everything is fresh. Everything is you know. We buy meats and we buy fish and we buy you know rice and pastas and stuff like that. You know, this is I don't buy stuff out of boxes. My my food doesn't have a, a little sticker on it. Well, that's even better, my friend. Um, that's that's really good. Um, but here's the way that you can do it. You can actually go you can go online pretty easily, and you can find all the amount of calories that are in a serving size of fruit and those types of things. But the problem where it becomes difficult is you have to. There's no really specific way to do it. It's just kind of of a uh, of an average, and it's just kind of a guess. Um, but like a large peach, for example, will, will have a classification, or you know, a certain type of apple will have a certain type of calories associated with it. But again, it's never 100% science um, unless you're weighing your food. If you weigh your food, you can transfer the weight into calories based on what's in there between carbohydrates, uh, fats, and proteins. And so every gram of protein and carbohydrate is worth four calories. Every gram of fat is worth nine calories. So fat is pretty much double the energy, but it's it's harder to get to. But that's why things that are fat taste so good because it's a, it's a whole bunch of energy. And the way that our body perceives taste is really by the way that it would affect our energy, which is why we, we get addicted to carbohydrates um, so much. You know, we start to love carbohydrates because they taste really good because of the energy that they supply immediately for the body. You know, you have carbs, and right away your body has usable energy. It's got sugar. It's got, you know, so our ancestors used to eat these carbohydrates and say, oh, my gosh, this tastes so good. And now we've kind of, as a, as a society, gotten hooked on that, especially with wheat and with all those types of things that have kind of evolved now um, up to this point. So, but that's one of the reasons why um, it, it's a little bit difficult to track your calories. But we'll get into that a little bit more maybe on the next week's show um, so that we can go over all that and help everybody out there. But let's go ahead and let's do another BMR. So let's say, let's see right here. My BMR or your BMR was 18, 1876.4, right? So let's go ahead and let's do my BMR here. All right, so right now I am, we're going to do 66 plus 6.23 times my weight, which is 210 pounds, and then we're going to add that to 12.7 times my height, which is 66 inches, and then minus my age, 6.8 times 30. So you can see how height, how weight um, kind of play a role here, but also age is really important here as well, too, because metabolism slows down a little bit. So 6.23 times... 210 equals 1308.3, 12.7 times 66 equals 838.2, and then 6.8 times 30 equals 204. So let's go ahead and let's add it all up. So we got 66 plus 1308.3 plus 838. Point two, and then we're going to subtract 204. So my basal metabolic rate is 2,008.5. So if I were to eat a 2,000-calorie diet without doing any exercise, I would be in a negative caloric expenditure, meaning I'm losing weight. 
What do you think about that, Manny? Man, now I'm going to have to, man, now I'm going to struggle to keep it under 2,000, 2,000 calories. Man, Dr. Ray, 2,000 calories is it's kind of hard, Dr. Ray. It's kind of hard. I like my uh, I like my midnight cookies and milk, Dr. Ray. Yes, well, do those not come in a box? Ah, you got me. <laughs> you got me there, sir. <laughs> I got you, Manny. I got you. <laughs> All right, my man. Well, no, it's okay. Listen, you know, I try to tell people one of the things that we want to do is go by kind of the 80-20 rule. You know, unless you have a disease or, or you're, you're really facing a problem or a symptom that's changing your quality of life every day, one of the things that you want to do is is – Eat well as much as you possibly can so that you can enjoy the times where you have to celebrate or, you know, where there's a special occasion or whatever the case is. And a lot of people just, you know, every time they go out to eat, they say, oh, I'm out to eat. But if you eat out for every single meal, it's no excuse to order something off the menu that is not good for you. You know, so when you go out, maybe the next time you go out to eat, if you're trying to lose some weight, don't look at the menu. Literally just ask the waiter to bring you chicken and vegetables or fish and vegetables and ask them to grill it, and, and you'll be surprised. You know, your, uh, your, your weight will just start to drop little by little, you know, and, and the other thing is try to eat at home more. You know, try to, try to make more vegetables, eat more fruits, those kinds of things. Um, eat more often. Get your metabolism going. Don't skip breakfast. These are all things that will help you do better as far as controlling your weight and uh, keeping your metabolism up. Um, but you definitely have to make sure that you are eating enough uh, calories every day as well, too. Otherwise, your body goes into starvation mode, and that's not good either. Um, so I would definitely suggest, you know, if you guys have questions about weight loss, there's programs that we can put you on uh, to help out, to help you lose some weight. Um, you know, I have, you know, detox programs that, that can help out as well, too. Uh, we spoke about detox a couple of weeks back. Again, detox is not always the best thing for you. It may not always be what we need to do right off the bat. We might need to take care of a couple other things first, um, but detox is another good way to help your body lose weight and then also be ready for that weight loss because remember that your fat cells hold toxins, and so if you start losing weight and you start clouding your body with toxins and, and you're already tox, uh, toxic, you're going to end up having some, some other health issues. So that's why weight loss isn't always easy. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into it, but this is just one example of the way that we can help to calculate exactly what type of calories you should be eating every day and to find out exactly, uh, you know, the best way for you to be able to lose weight. So this is clinically something that can be done that a lot of people aren't able to do at home. Uh, but now that you guys know a little bit about what's going on, you have an idea of what BMR is and, and how it's used, and now you can see exactly, uh, exactly how to get it done. So uh, one other thing that will get done um, and, and that happens often is the use of BMI. And I know we only have a couple minutes left, but I want to go through it real, real quick. Um, so BMI is, is a way that you, they use um, to calculate kind of like a, a predictor for heart disease or whatever the case is. But I don't like BMI because it doesn't take into account any type of, uh, it doesn't take into account any type of height or weight or anything like that at all. It literally is just... Uh, or excuse me, it doesn't take into account any, any type of mus muscle. Um, so for people who are athletic in nature, they are not going to have any type of, you know, they're going to be obese based on this. So it, it's kind of a problem here. 
Um, so I want to go through that with you guys and let you know that, for example, insurance companies, um, they will use BMI very often um, because they realize that, hey, you know, maybe there's a couple of people that we can kind of uh, classify as overweight, even though they may not be overweight. So there's ranges to the BMI. Um, and the, the way that the BMI works is <clears throat> the, the BMI classification will, will have you as, you know, regular or as obese or whatever the case is. So we look at here. The way that it works is it's your BMI equals your mass or your weight divided by your height squared, okay? And then you multiply that number. Um, so your, your height and weight are the only tools used. And to me, I don't like that because, for example, myself, uh, you know, I got a couple extra pounds on, um, but I'm not obese by any means, and BMI says that I'm obese. My, my BMI is over 30, which is classified as obese uh, because I'm short and stocky. So, again, something that is not useful in my eyes as a medical prediction, especially for different types of body uh, bodies, um, but something that is used often. So just wanted to make sure you guys know the difference between BMR and BMI. Um, and if you have any questions about that, we can review it again next week. I know that we're running out of time here. So I'm going to wrap up my portion of the show. And then, Manny, we're going to go ahead and let you, uh, let you go ahead and take it on. I believe we have um, some guys from Mizuno on the line. So all you guys that are out there listening, go ahead and stay tuned for some of that coming on. Um, I want to go ahead and tell you guys thanks for listening to the Hot Corner tonight with me. Manny, thanks for being on here with me each and every Wednesday night. Looking forward to seeing what happens here at the end of the week so that I can uh, – Go to the, the UMFSU game with you with some FSU stuff on with the both of us. <laughs> All right, Dr. Ray. Hey, uh, yeah, for everybody listening in, uh, do not uh, do not stop listening. We have Jeff Gare and Todd uh, Cadenhead from Mizuno Sports. Um, and maybe we might ask them about uh, BMR and BMI. Dr. Ray, what do you think about that? Well, find out what's going on. See if they know anything about it, my man. <laughs> Definitely, sir. Well, Dr. Ray, thank you again uh, for uh, doing the Hot Corner segment of uh, Wednesday night's show. Uh, any last shout-outs? Well, just to everybody out there listening, again, if you guys have any questions, anything going on weight loss-wise, uh, let me know. We've got a lot of great products here at the office and a lot of good information for you. Um, any questions, feel free to tweet us. Uh, call in next week. Uh, let Manny know any questions you have, and we'll try to talk to. Uh, we'll try to get him on the show for next week. Everybody out there, have a great one and uh, be well. This is Dr. Ray saying, take care. We'll see you next week.
Welcome to the ISPS Radio Podcast Show, hosted by Manuel T. Ferrero III, the Commissioner of ISPS. Listen in every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the International Slow Pitch Softball Radio Channel on Blog Talk Radio. Call the show at 347-637-3978 and talk about slow pitch softball from around the world. Equipment reviews, special guests, ISPS events, and more. That's 347-637-3978. Now, here's your host, Manuel Ferrero. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, everybody, for uh, continuing to listen in. This is the first time that we uh, host the ISPS radio show right after the Hot Corner segment with Dr. Ray. As you know, Dr. Ray always hosts his tournament, uh, sorry, his tournament, his uh, show on on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we used to host our show on Tuesday nights at uh, 8 p.m., uh, but now we are right after the uh, Dr. Ray show right here on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. or whenever Dr. Ray's Hot Corner segment uh, finishes. But uh, great, great topics today on Dr. Ray's uh, show. I hope um, I hope I win this week against Dr. Ray in fantasy baseball in our fantasy baseball listener league. Um, good luck to all the other players, all of our listeners that are playing. Uh, we decided to just go with a 10, a 10 team, uh, league for this fantasy baseball. Number one, because it's our first, our first, uh, season of fantasy baseball. Number one for me and, and some of the other players playing, but for the listener league, uh, we just finished the fantasy football league. So now we're doing the fantasy baseball league. Uh, and it's fun. It's uh, a lot of smack talk. Uh, I don't know if it's public. I'm, I'm going to talk to Dr. Ray and see if if our li- if uh, our other listeners that are actually not playing in the league could actually go in and see our smack talking and all the t- stuff going on. Um, but on our show tonight, we have Jeff Gare and Todd Cadenhead from uh, Mizuno. Guys, are you on the show with us tonight? Yes, sir. We're here. Hi, how you doing? Hey, hey, Jeff and Ty. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome, and uh, congratulations on the. Uh, I, I was just I was just reading over and uh, looking over the press release that uh, Team Mizzy Slowpitch uh, they released uh, back in March. Uh, congratulations to you guys on that. Uh, first, Jeff, uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, I'm very, uh, very fortunate. I've uh, heard good things about Mizuno for, for quite a few years now, and they, uh, I was lucky they approached me in in February or so and asked me if I'd be interested in, in uh, swinging the product and being a sponsored player. So I tried it out at an indoor facility uh, here in my hometown and uh, fell in love with the product right away. Thought it's a, uh, thought it's a really good, uh, good bat this year, and the the new Mamba is uh, is going to be uh, one of the top bats I believe this summer for sure. Nice and Todd, you you re-signed with Mizuno. How does it feel uh, to come back and 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 to have Jeff now on the uh, on the team over there at, at Mizuno? 
Uh, it feels good. It's, you know, I'm, I'm very proud to be with Mizuno. There's no place that I'd, I'd rather be than with a quality company that makes great products and treats, treats you, um, like gold. Um, and to have Jeff, Jeff along, you know, it's, it's a bit of a coup in my opinion, cause he's been one of the greatest players in Canada for a really long period of time. And to get him on board was a, was a really big deal for Mizuno. Uh, with our new, um, offerings this year with the Mamba, uh, U-Triple-S-A, ASA U-Triple-S-A dual stamp and the new No Doubt. Uh, we're just real excited to get them out there to people and get them trying it and see how just how great these bats really are. Well, now now that we're talking about the bats, um, where can they where can our listeners find them? Are they are they already out for sale? They are. <clears throat> They've uh, been released in April, so they're out at. Uh, uh, retailers, online vendors, uh, anywhere. If you Google it, uh, talk to your retailer. If they don't have it, then ask them why. Because uh, they're uh, they're a great product. Um, they 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 take durability and performance to a new level, in, in my opinion. You can. We've got a couple bats right now that we've got two or three thousand swings on, and they're they're still holding up strong. And we're hitting. We're up in Canada here, and it's still pretty cold out. We're sitting them outside, and we're not having any issues with uh, with durability. And the performance is fantastic. So, uh, nothing but positives uh, with these uh, with these new products for sure. Wow! And and you mentioned you guys are in in Canada, Jeff. Um, let's talk about let's talk about Canada. How does it feel to only have about a, a, about two or three months season long? <laughs> it's not too bad where, where we are. We're from south uh, southwestern Ontario, so we're only about a, an hour from Michigan. So okay. kind of we have the same weather that uh, that maybe Detroit would would get. So it's not too too bad how far uh, south we are in Ontario. But unfortunately, this uh, this hasn't been a very uh, good good spring so far. It actually still snowed here on on Easter. So, <laughs> but it's starting to warm up now, and uh, oh, wow. we were able to get outside get outside uh, two days ago. So. Hopefully, uh, within the next week or so, we'll get some nice spring-like weather and can get out and get going. And uh, our season, our league season starts up in about another week from now, and then our uh, tournament schedule starts uh, the May May uh, first weekend. So, so um, yeah, we're just around. So the May May until May until when? Uh, usually at uh, the end of September, maybe uh, the odd early October. So it's not it's not a uh, it's not as cold as everybody thinks where where we are here. Wow, man! But that's that's only about half half of the year. Yeah, um, you're right. Wow. We have a we're fortunate to have a lot of nice indoor uh, baseball facilities around here, so we definitely take advantage of that in the off season. That's right. Um, didn't the the Minnesota Twins? Didn't they used to play indoors, and now they they got the new stadium? Now it's an outdoor stadium, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we got the uh, the Rogers Center here with the Blue Jays play, so uh, they um, they have the retractable roof, so they'll, they'll be keeping it closed right now for this first uh, first couple weeks of the season. But hopefully, uh, it'll be opening up soon, and it's uh, it's a nice complex because it's got the uh, the indoor when it's rainy and cold, and the roof opens when it's uh, sunny and warm in the summer. Yeah, we're that's something new uh, down here from where we are. We're we're based. Our our world headquarters is in Miami, Florida. So we just we just got a retractable roof stadium down here, which we actually and you didn't uh, use it. We actually got a, a uh, excuse me. And you didn't use it the first game. You're late. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was gonna say. That's typical. 
typical Miami, uh, you know, some guy that just has one job to open and close the uh, stadium roof, and he was probably, you know, who knows what he was doing, but... Um, yeah, man, the uh, first ever rain delay in a uh, in a retractable roof stadium. Of course, it has to be Miami on opening day. So, um, oh man, what can I tell you? But um, we're not used to it. We're not used to it. That's our first uh, stadium with a retractable um, with a retractable roof. Um, so, well, yeah, I, I guess I'm sorry to uh, badmouth Miami, but. Um, you guys are more more used to indoor facilities over there, um, but guys, not to not to mention your ages or anything like that. But each one of you, how long have you guys been playing slow pitch softball? We've been playing for twenty years in the at the highest level in Canada. Beautiful. Nice. Any uh, you guys want to talk about any uh, accomplishments so that. You know, our listeners could really tell you guys are the real deal. Well, I think I don't want to speak for Jeff, but I know that uh, uh, winning the border battle in 2010 in Oklahoma against Team USA was a big thrill for us. Um, you know, going into that, we're uh, the player pool that the U.S. has to draw from. And, you know, like you were talking about before, play year round and everything else, for us to put a group of guys together to go down and, um, win that game 30-29 in, in Oklahoma on uh, on live television was was something that I'll certainly never forget, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, I remember watching that game. Um, tremendous, tremendous job by you guys. And how, how did that feel? How did that feel winning that game? Was that the first time ever Canada won or, or in a long time, I remember, right? Yeah, the first well, that was the second year of the of the border battle. The first year we uh, we lost, I believe, thirty twenty two or twenty three. So we we gave them a pretty good game, but then the the second year we we happened to pull that off there. So it was definitely a definitely one of the highlights of of, uh, of my career too. It was pretty pretty exciting to be a part of. That's for sure. Beautiful. And what about this year? What are you? What's coming up uh, this year? What does your two thousand fifteen schedule look like? Uh, I myself, um, we have a we call it up here in Ontario the Super Series. So it's a, it's kind of like a provincial uh, a tournament. It's more like it's like a, a state tournament down there. So we uh, we play about eight weekends out of the year for the Super Series. And then I've been fortunate enough to be invited back for um, the Border Battle Team Canada Trial Camp at the end of May. So um, I'm hoping I have a good camp and and make the Border Battle Team again and be able to participate that come uh, August 19th, I believe, and it's going to be held in Michigan this year. And um, nice. my year's been my year's been cut short. I've got a torn rotator cuff and a, a bicep tendon that I'm currently waiting on surgery. So, um, oh man, we should have asked Dr. Ray about that. <laughs> Ask Dr. Ray if he can get down here and perform the surgery. I'd be more interested in getting that sorted <laughs> out. No, Dr. Ray, Dr. Ray, uh, he will suggest surgery as a last, last option. He would probably, uh, I don't know, he'll probably do some witchcraft or some type of uh, concoction or something. He might crack crack some bones or something um, and get you, get you fixed up. Yeah, that'd be good. So I'm not, I'm not going to be playing. I'm going to be out at the park with uh, a lot of product and uh, getting it in people's hands and, uh, 
you know, making sure that everybody gets an opportunity to swing the bats. I'm also, um, because I'm not able to play this year, I'm one of the assistant coaches on Team Canada, um, which is uh, my first uh, foray into coaching, but I'm very proud to be a part of that uh, group that's going to go to Michigan and see if uh, we can't repeat what we did in, in 2010. So it's still going to be a busy summer getting the products out there and and uh, promoting the product uh, um, with as many people as we can. Beautiful, man. Well, good luck. Good luck in uh, in what, what'd you say? Was it in Oklahoma again? It's uh, Mis- Midland, Michigan. Oh, Midland, Michigan. The one that you guys won was in Oklahoma, correct? Yeah. Yes, correct. Nice. So, I guess what's up with uh, Team Mizzy in Canada? What What is Team Mizzy? What 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 can you guys tell me about that? And what What is their What is their mission? What is their mission statement and their direction? Well, I'd say that uh, Team Mizzy is the creation of uh, Adam Bella at Mizuno who wanted to put together a group of guys who play a lot of slow pitch, good players uh, that are very enthusiastic, great people, and want to promote a great product. So the mission for the Team Mizzy guys is to be at the park and make the product available and just show just how good it is. Um, participate in, in demos, help out with um, any type of uh, home run derbies or events or um, charity events and such that uh, Mizuno is going to be a part of to try and really um, get out to the forefront of the, the slow pitch uh, everyday user to um, really give everybody an opportunity to try these bats and just see how good they are as opposed to um, – the days when you'd have to go and buy a bat and try it out and all the rest of that stuff. We'll get them out to guys, try them, and then we're confident that once they do try them, uh, they'll be looking to go out and buy the buy the product. Beautiful. And you guys only you guys only concentrate in Canada. You guys don't come down to the states, Team Mizzy. No, this is just a Canadian Canadian based Mizuno uh, uh, sponsorship program. So. Nice. Well, good luck with that. And 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 Jeff, now that you uh, now that you joined us back again, how how are the this 2015 line of Mizuno uh, slow pitch softball bats? How how good are they? What what how are they different from the previous lines from Mizuno coming out? Um, I I can't answer from the the previous lines, uh, but I know this year the the minute the first time I tried it indoors, I felt. Very comfortable with the bat. Thought I had great bat control. It felt like it was coming off really nice, but um, you don't know for sure until you get outdoors. And we uh, we happened to be able to get outside about a week ago, and and I was I was very very impressed how well the ball was coming off, how durable it was, and uh, I just it's one of the best bats I've ever I've ever swung in the, the 20 years I've been playing. So I'm uh, I'm very excited to get the season going and and get out there and using it. Now, question: When you guys when you guys play indoors, do you guys feel that you um, uh, maybe turn it down a notch, maybe uh, play at, at an 80% uh, rate instead of, uh, let's say, 110? Yeah, I think when you're indoors, you kind of just you work on things. You work on uh, moving the ball around, placing it, kind of going with the pitches. It's uh, it's kind of tough to work on your home run swing indoors because the cage is right there, and it's pretty uh, – you're in a pretty tight confine there. So I think, I think indoors is kind of in the winter for us, this kind of keeps us loose, keeps us swinging and uh, 
gives us a chance to work on a, on a few things before the season starts and we get outdoors. I bet. I, I, I could just – I've never played in an indoor facility like the ones you guys are used to up there, but I, I, I would bet because it, it's it's not like indoors, and I'm pretty sure the ball um, – you you guys hit the 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 roof all the time, correct? Is it an out or something? Um, no, usually just you play it off the off the off the roof there, but you definitely make sure the pitcher's got a screen up. That's for sure because there's there's not much room for uh, yeah. for mistakes indoors. That's for sure. <laughs> now, do any of you guys pitch? No, no. Todd and I are both infielders. Ah, smart gentlemen, smart guys. You yep. guys are not crazy enough to be pitchers, huh? No, those pitchers are a different different breed, I tell you. <laughs> we do have a couple pitchers on Team Disney, but we don't talk to them much. They're a little different, those guys. Yeah, right. Now, what do you, <laughs> What about your guys? Do they uh, do they wear pitchers' mask or no mask? Uh, up in the in the A level for uh, Super Series, most. I'd say about half the pitchers would wear a mask nowadays. Um, kind of yeah. in league and stuff, players don't wear them too often now. But in, in high-level tournaments, I'd, I'd say it's getting close to be 50% of the pitchers now are are wearing masks. Yeah, we see it a lot more and more. Um, we actually posted a, a few weeks ago, we posted a picture of a gentleman in Dominican Republic uh, who got popped right in the eyeball, and he he lost the eye, man. He uh, the ball, his eyeball kind of uh, blew up to the size of a small tennis ball, kind of like a racquetball. Um, oh, and he actually poor poor guy. He lost his eye, and and it was a it was an altered bat. And over there in the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico and in in those uh, third world countries, you find a lot smaller. Uh, smaller fields. Um, some of them play in like 45, 45 foot bases, 50 foot bases. Um, it's really, really confined. And then when you add that plus an altered bat and an older gentleman pitching, um, you know the reaction time is, is just not. It's not going to be there, man. So uh, we posted that picture, and we got a lot of a lot of different comments. Uh, from both sides, you know, saying, you know, from both sides of the fence, but it's it's a dangerous thing, and we do we do see a lot more pitchers using pitchers' masks, and, and we we strongly recommend it. We really don't, you know, we think we think pitching is crazy enough, but um, well, it's almost to the point where it's man it's going to get mandated at some point. Yeah, I would I would definitely love to see it at one point. Um, all the associations do it. Um, I know some are already uh, going in that direction, but they they received a lot of uh, a lot of heat about it, um, especially down here. Um, but I believe if if all the associations, if everybody gets on the same page and, and starts thinking about the safety of the player, number one, the player is is who keeps you alive because if if you start killing off your pitchers, which is the rarest position on the field, you're not going to have any pitchers out there left to actually pitch for the team. So you're, you're going to kill your sport. So I don't know. There, there's a lot of uh, discussion about that. Um, 
but that's uh that's for another that's for another show guys what is, what about the what about the mamba now that we just have a couple more minutes what about the mamba how hot is it what's what's up with the mamba i love the color scheme uh the black and the and the green uh just like a mamba but um how hot is it guys it's as hot as uh any bat i've hit and uh you know mizuno's always made real great really great bats but we haven't gotten them out to as many people as we like. This this Mamba is at least as hot as is the best bats out there, and I, I'd be I'd be surprised if there's anything hotter than that bat uh, this summer. I'm looking at it right now. What's the difference between the green model and the black model? The green is a U-Triple-S-A and A-S-A dual stamp to use in both associations, and the bat, the black Mamba is a U-Triple-S-A only bat. Is that a, a 1.20, 1.2? Yes, it is. Okay, nice, guys, real nice. I love the color scheme, man. Um, I think you guys really hit it out of the park with that. Who um, was that? You, Jeff, who designed that bat, or, or was that you, Todd? Well, it's neither one of us. Uh, it was uh, Chad, I think, in the <laughs> U.S. who uh, designed it. Um, it. It's it, it's a it's a different design than the previous um, bats from a uh, performance standpoint because the, the black blackout from last year was a great durable bat. It took a lot of swings to get worked in um the the push now is to try and get the bat broken in as quickly as possible get down to that 220 level 225 level and these bats break in much more quickly um and get to the the lowest possible legal level uh very quickly which is a great uh great innovation for mizuno to get those bats um that hot that quick so you get it under the wrapper, you're taking, you know, 100 swings with it, and, and it's uh, a rocket launcher after that, which is what guys – it's what guys want these days. They want the bat to break in real quick. They nice. want it to be good in the beginning. Yeah. Um, like you said about the blackouts, we, a couple of months ago, we, uh, we hosted a, um, a hit-my-stick tournament down here with the, with the blackouts because we got a tremendous deal with the blackouts. It was a couple of months ago. Um, I mean, everybody loved them, and but yeah, it is true. It, it takes a little a little while to uh, break in, but it is it's still a great bat. I mean, Mizuno comes out with great great products, man. I, I can't wait to actually see the see the Mambas out there. Um, well, everything everything Mizuno sure makes is great. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I'm sure we're gonna see them. We're gonna see both of them out soon because we. Um, we allow both ASA or U triple U triple stamped, uh, as long as they pass uh, compression testing. That we have the the machines out there at the tournaments, um, you know, we allow them. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think uh, more tournaments are going to be moving on to bat testing or random testing or some type of bat testing? Yeah, I, actually, our, our Super Series I was just telling you about, we, uh, we, they do back testing quite regularly. So it's uh, just before each, uh, <clears throat> before the beginning of the season, uh, every back gets tested and has to have a, an approval stamp on it to get used. So <clears throat> actually here in Canada, they've, they're, um, they're following this, that program to a T. So it's, it's definitely, uh, definitely made a big difference up here for sure with the bat. So, 
bad test was very. No, I hear you. Definitely, definitely at the higher levels. Um, I mean, it, it's a given, but I, I really don't even. I really think it should be done at the lower levels. Um, you know, mandatory because in the lower levels you're going to see lower caliber players with with lower reaction times, like that gentleman in, in Dominican Republic. Um, you know, you're going to have people that can't even, uh, they won't be able to, to control a swing or control a bat, and especially if it's altered, they're just going to, you know, it, it's just not good. It's not um, It's not good. So I really, I'm an advocate of, of bat testing, especially in the lower divisions. Um, in the higher divisions, you know, some of these guys are pros. They really know how, how to handle a bat, and, and, and on defense they're, they're tremendous. Um, but definitely in the lower divisions, you, we need to see a lot more of these directors, uh, especially those that are in it for the money. They have enough money to go out there and spend spend some money on a bat testing machine and and uh, and start testing at, at their tournaments, man, and and just cleaning up the game. Um, I don't know. That's just my opinion, guys. No, I I agree. I think I think. Uh... A few years ago in the past, I was getting pretty bad and carried away, but I know up here it's, it's been cleaned up pretty good, and it's not as, as big of an issue as it, as it used to be. So I, I think in Canada here we're very fortunate that it's, it's cleaned up quite a bit. Yeah. No, I hear you. It, 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 is, it is turning around. It, it was a lot worse a few years ago. You, you are definitely right, and, um, you know, it just we, we could do better. We could, we could totally clean up clean up the game uh, a little bit more. Um, but, guys, we're running out of time. Um, any last shout-outs? I want to give a shout-out to Adam over there in Mizuno, Mizuno Canada, who uh, got us in contact with you guys. I know uh, I was just teasing about the designing of the bat. I know Adam told me you guys are not very technically, uh, technically savvy. Uh, as a matter of fact, he told me one of you only has one, well, at least at least one of you has a Twitter account, uh, which only has about four four followers. Uh, who is that? That's me. We're building slow. <laughs> slow build. <laughs> well, we gotta we gotta get some more followers for you. We're gonna help you out. We got the we got the uh, Twitter handle from Adam. We'll try to get you some more followers. But uh, any last uh, shout-outs from you guys, go right ahead. No, just to the Team Izzy guys, keep up the good work, and uh, it's going to be an exciting summer for us for sure. Yeah, if you uh, anybody out there gets an opportunity to hit these Mizuno bats, um, take the opportunity to hit them because they are a great bat that are going to turn a lot of heads this summer. Definitely. I can't wait to see them down here. And you said they're already out. Where where can they uh purchase them again um i wouldn't in the u.s i don't i don't have a list of any of the um retailers that would have them in stock right now but um online you can search and uh and just do a search and have a look at what uh where they're at um and if not then talk to your local retailer and ask them if they've got them in yet and if not why not exactly why not why aren't you carrying the uh, mizuno products and you guys um well at least some of your uh, Twitter handles are very uh, active on Twitter, so just uh, just search for Mizuno and ask their Twitter handle. Uh, I'm pretty sure they'll they'll uh, lead you in the right right uh, direction in, in your region or your area 
uh, to find the bats. But uh, definitely check it out. It's the Mamba 2015 model from Mizuno. And uh, Jeff and Todd, thank you again for uh, coming on the show, man. We'll we'll be talking soon, all right? Thanks very much for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. We appreciate it much. Thank you, guys. And um, that was it for our show. Um, thank you again to Dr. Ray for uh, doing the Hot Corner segment. We're going to be uh, featuring both of our shows now on Wednesday nights. We're going to start merging them uh, to try to bring you uh, a better show on Wednesday nights instead of two two smaller shows on two different nights. We're going to start doing a bigger, better show here on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we're going to run um, at least for maybe an hour and a half, two hours um, until 9 p.m. So uh, thank you again. My name is Manuel Ferrero. Thank you to Dr. Ray. Thank you to Jeff Gare and Todd Cadenhead from Mizuno. And uh, we'll see uh, who's going to win between Dr. Ray and I on the uh, Fantasy Baseball Week 1 challenge that we have going on. Thank you again. My name is Manuel Ferrero. You can follow us on, uh, I guess, on Twitter, Twitter at ISPSO, and also on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash ISPSO, and uh, Instagram at ISPSO. You could also follow me personally at Manuel Ferrero on Twitter. Um, this has been the uh, ISPS and Hot Corner Show now on Wednesday nights. Thanks again for listening, guys. Peace. You've just heard the ISPS Radio Podcast with host Manuel Ferrero. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ISPSO and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ISPSO. And check out all the info from our show and everything from international slow pitch softball on our website, ISPSSoftball.com. Listen in to the ISPS Radio Podcast every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on the International Slow Pitch Softball Radio Channel on Blog Talk Radio. Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus 30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate.